Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our next 633 event, the live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, and how to donate and find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 4, 1 through 7, called Adoption as Sons. When the fullness of the time came, Galatians 4, 4. When the time had fully come, if you have an NIV, God, what did he do? He sent forth his son into a world like this, into a rebellious people like Israel who had not heard from a prophet for 400 years. Trace the history of the Jewish people. Would you say the theme of idolatry runs beyond Egypt? Runs beyond the desert? Oh, yeah. All throughout their history, going into the promised land, idolatry was the biggest problem. And even though God had delivered them from Egypt, they still had the issues in their heart, just like we do. But when the fullness of the time came, when, when the date was set by the Father, God, God the Father here, what did He do? He sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. Our sad condition, bondage to the elemental things of the world. And then God said, there was a time, if I can put it this way, in heaven where God the Father said to God the Son, go now, go. And he fulfilled all these prophecies in Isaiah 9, Isaiah 7, Micah 5, and many other places. And God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God did not send his son into the world, John 3.17, to judge the world or condemn the world, but that the world would be saved through him. 1 John 4.9 says, By this the love of God was manifested in us. God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. 1 John 4, 9 and 10. I probably have about 20 verses, maybe more, that I could rattle off to you right now about the father sending the son. And the motivation of God the father, love. The motivation of God the son, love. The motivation to bring me and you into his family. What would you be without him? Where would you be without him? We were praying earlier, and that's something that came out in the prayer. Imagine where you would be. What if you weren't in his family? You know, right now the world is reeling and asking questions, and that's a good thing. Because the gospel is medicine to every broken, hurting heart. And my prayer for Southern California, for Corona, for the world, is that we would wake up. Can I ask you, what will it take? What is it going to take to get our hearts back to God? What's it going to take? And we know what happens. There's, there's an event that happens. It's shocking. It's devastating. People sing Amazing Grace in public venues. But I ask the question, what does it mean tomorrow? What does it mean in a week? What does it mean in three weeks? 
Does it mean that churches will be filled on Sunday mornings? Does it mean that our priorities will actually shift to walking like we're actually the children of God? And I know you're asking those questions too. Jesus was sent by the Father. The Father loves you. And he came in the fullness of time. You say, what's the fullness of time? Well, it's the completion of the period of preparation in God's sovereign timetable of redemption. Christ's appearance ushered in the fullness of time, you might say. When the law had fully accomplished its purpose, when it became crystal clear that we cannot keep the law, when even the most religious among us could not say their heart is pure from lust, adultery, hatred, you name it. Warren Wiersbe says, God was preparing the world for the arrival of his son. From the historical point of view, the Roman Empire itself helped prepare the world for the birth of the Savior. Roads connected city with city, all cities ultimately with Rome. Roman laws protected the rights of citizens and Roman soldiers guarded the peace. Thanks to both the Greek and Roman conquests, Latin and Greek were known across the empire. Christ's birth at Bethlehem was not an accident. It was an appointment. Jesus came in the fullness of time. And the writers of the time said there was messianic expectation. People were longing that a Messiah would come. The Jewish people were under Roman occupation. When Jesus appeared on the scene, they were under the thumb of Rome, just like most of the known world was. And they were trying to break free from that. And the one who would bring freedom is Jesus. Notice he was born of a woman. That doesn't mean the virgin birth here. It simply points to his full humanity. He was fully human. You might write down Job 14.1 and Matthew 11.11. His was a miraculous birth, yet you could say natural in the sense that he was fully human. Hebrews 2.14 says of Jesus, since the children have flesh and blood, Jesus shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. He was born under the law. He bore the full obligation of the law and kept it perfectly as well as taking the curse of the law, which is death. Although he perfectly kept the law, he also took the curse. This is Romans 8.3. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Why did he do this? He did this, verse 5, Galatians 4, in order that he might redeem, keyword in the New Testament, redeem those who were under, you could say under the burden of the law, under the weight of the law, under the condemnation of the law, under the curse of the law, that we might receive what? Here's our word. Here's our title. The adoption as sons. And this would include, of course, sons and daughters. Redeemed is a word commonly used for the buying of a slave's freedom. Adoption is a powerful image. And I want to share a story from Todd Wilson. He writes a commentary on Galatians. Uh, This is the pastor and wife who adopted these two boys I told you about. And here's what he says. When my wife and I adopted twins from Ethiopia, it was an extensive and intensive and indeed expensive process. We had to travel a remarkably long way to Addis Abba, the capital of Ethiopia, where our boys lived. 
Once in that country, we still had more work to do, and it wasn't always easy or straightforward. But imagine if my wife and I would have sent our firstborn son, Ezra, to Ethiopia to adopt our twins for us. And just imagine if we knew that the only way we were going to be able to adopt Addis and Rager was to let Ezra be publicly executed while in Ethiopia. What if the only way to adopt our twins was to sacrifice our firstborn? Isn't that insightful? Because that's what God the Father did. He sent his son on an adoptive rescue mission, but the price for the adoption was not simply sweeping by and picking us up. He had to live under the obligation of the law. He had to live perfectly to fulfill the law, and then he took the curse of the law to purchase our redemption. Is that love, brothers and sisters? Do you think that this is the medicine that our culture needs? I don't think there's any doubt about it. See, the gospel is so incredibly powerful and beautiful. This is precisely what the Father did so that we might receive adoption as sons or as his children. If, we're, if we are God's sons or daughters, he goes on, we enjoy the privilege only because of adoption. God went to great lengths to secure our adoption. He spared absolutely no expense. In fact, he paid the highest price by giving his son so we could be made right with him and become his children by faith. Recognizing this, is it any, any wonder that the scripture says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. I would imagine on the receiving end of adoption, a child might say something like this, finally, somebody loves me. Finally, somebody wants me. Imagine an older child. You know, we, we told you guys about the Royal Family Kids Camp ministry that goes on through Living Truth and other churches. Imagine one of those kids. You know, I've been there before and I've heard some of the stories and I hear when the kids get off the bus and they're uh, usually between like six and 10 years old, they're very weary, very, some of them are angry. Some of them have been abused and hurt and wounded and they have a tough time trusting. And when they get off the bus, the first thing the team does is they have signs and they're excited and then they're walking them, welcoming them with the love of Jesus, Amen. See, this is the message of the gospel. Someone actually loves me. How many broken people do you think are walking around our streets right now with mental illnesses and the like, all because they feel like nobody loves them? Nobody cares. You ever taken a moment to reach out to someone who seems so different and so, like, everybody wants to ignore them, and you, and you spark up a conversation, and they speak as normally as the next person. But because of their plight, because of their situation, people stay away. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Michael Lance serves as senior pastor, must resort to live streaming their Wednesday night and Sunday morning services. If your church isn't able to live stream their service, we invite you to fellowship with us from the comfort of your home during this unfortunate time. Visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Please take the time to visit our website, walkintruth.com, to learn more about the program and if you've been listening for some time and appreciate what the program has to offer, would you please consider giving a small donation? Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of that support. 
That's also how we're able to do our 633 apologetic events for free. If you're a new listener, please don't give. We're just blessed that you're listening. But if you've been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? We believe that the Lord is faithful, and your $5 donation will go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. You can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on Donate. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Some of them are angry. Some of them have been abused and hurt and wounded and they have a tough time trusting. And when they get off the bus, the first thing the team does is they have signs and they're excited and then they're welcoming them them with the love of Jesus. Amen? See, this is the message of the gospel. Someone actually loves me. How many broken people do you think are walking around our streets right now with mental illnesses and the like all because they feel like nobody loves them. Nobody cares. You ever taken a moment to reach out to someone who seems so different and so, like, everybody wants to ignore them, and you, and you spark up a conversation, and they speak as normally as the next person? But because of their plight, because of their situation, people stay away. Jesus came to our rescue. Somebody loves you. But here's the question. Will you say yes to him? You see, in Genesis 24, the ladies are studying Genesis, and in Genesis 24, when uh, there is a, an offer for Rebecca to be married to Isaac, the parents say to Rebecca, she's never seen him before, they say, will you go with this man? Will you go with the servant to marry this man? She's never seen him before. She has, she has a moment of decision. Will you go with this man? And she says, I will go. She had to travel a long distance and she had to leave her family behind. No modern transportation. She had a moment to ask the question or to answer the question, will you say I do? Will you say I will? Because you are sons, verse 6, you could say the implication of the illustration now, final few verses. Because you are sons, church, God has sent forth the spirit of his son. I want you to notice, Bible students, the Holy Spirit is called here the spirit of his son. The close relationship with the Trinity is here into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Would you note it? The Father, the Holy Spirit, the Son, all involved in our salvation. And you may be asking, how do I know that I'm a son? How do I know I'm a daughter of the Most High God? What is the evidence by which I can know I belong to the Father? The evidence is the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. He is the seal or the authentication of your identity. 
His spirit, God's spirit, bears witness with my spirit, Romans 8, that I am a child of God. And one of the cries of a child is, Abba, Father. See, there's an intimacy here. This is the sign and the seal. Jesus said of the Holy Spirit, I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper that He may be with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold Him or know Him, but you know Him because He abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you, listen, as orphans I will come to you. John 14, 16 through 18. I'd like you to turn to one more passage, and it's the book of Romans, a little bit back in your Bibles, Romans chapter 8, and I want you to see the grand implications of our position, our future, and how even this uh, intersects with the suffering around us. This is Romans 8, 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God, Romans 8, 15. You have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again. You don't have to be afraid, but you have, Romans 8, 15, received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. But keep reading. If indeed we, what? Suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Yes, we groan. Skip down to 22. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons. You could say the completion of our, our adoption, which is the redemption of our body. Abba. Back to Galatians and we'll finish it. One writer says, recently my 21-month-old who just learned to say daddy had been struggling with asthma and an ear infection for two weeks. He coughed and sneezed continually. His nose ran like a faucet. Each night when I came home, he ran to meet me at the door, smiling, coughing, nose running, yelling, Daddy, Daddy! I was not repulsed by his runny nose or his close-range sneezes in the least. He slimed every shirt I own. <laughs> he says, I love him so deeply, and I so enjoy his love for me. I'm reminded that though I am sick with sin, God loves me so deeply and desires that I run to him as a son crying, Abba. Oh yeah, I've got my hang-ups. Yeah, I've got my issues. Yes, I've got my struggles. Yes, I've got my doubts. But isn't it beautiful to know, the Father says, come. I love you, warts and all, <laughs> runny nose and all. <laughs> Therefore, you are no longer a slave, brethren. What are you? You're a son or a daughter. And if you're a son or a daughter, you are an heir through God. I want you to notice in your Bible, verse 7, if a son, what does that imply? Not everybody's a son. If you are a son, you're an heir. Can I ask you, are you? Why would anyone leave this question hanging 
please don't do that. You say, well, how do you become a son or a daughter of the Most High God? You say, yes. You say, I realize that the world has been an orphanage for me, spiritually speaking. I realize Jesus says that if, you're, if you sin, you're a slave of sin, but I want to be free, and the Son makes people free, and I'm going to ask him to make me free. Would you bow your hearts? Father, for those who are crying out in the heart of hearts of their soul, would you set them free? Would you give them their adoption papers? Would you seal them with the Holy Spirit? Ask the Lord to save you right now. The Spirit will come into you. You'll be born again to a living hope. You'll be a new creation in Christ. You'll have a new family, a new Lord, a new Father. It's an amazing transformation. Please, right now, if you've never done this, just say, Lord, thank you for sending Jesus. Father, thank you for sending your Son. Thank you that he came to rescue me. Thank you that he died for me to pay the price. Thank you that he rose from the dead. I ask you, make me your child. Adopt me into your family. Save me, Lord. Make me free in Jesus' name. Well, Father, thank you for those who have prayed and thank you for the beauty of the gospel. I just pray that as we come to your table and we remember what Jesus did for us, that this, these moments would be precious, that they would be intimate, that we could do a little business with you, have a heart of thanksgiving, but also have a heart that says, Lord, I want to get these things right in my life as well. And just help me to follow you and walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Adoption as Sons, part three on Walk in Truth. That was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 4, 1 through 7. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program or part one or two, you could always listen on walkintruth.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, if you'd like to connect with our church, we've got a free app. That's right. We're not even charging, but that lets you know everything we're doing here online and in person. You can connect with us, learn about the adult and kid Bible studies, when our church services are, our next free 633 event on August 16th, and you can listen to the podcast. So download the Living Truth app from your app store today. It's the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, I'd like to just read Galatians 4, 6, and 7 one more time so we all get it in our hearts. Because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, make this your own, but a son or a daughter. And if a son or a daughter, you are an heir through God. Don't forget who you are. You are adopted into God's family. You are a co-heir with Christ. Don't let the enemy steal away who you are. Don't let the culture steal away who you are. Don't let your own negative thoughts or maybe beating yourself up take away your identity. Know who you are. You are a son or a daughter of the king. Adopted into his family, loved with an amazing love. This is the bottom line for this message in Galatians chapter 4, at least the first part of the chapter. This is Pastor Michael Lance. So glad that you're listening to Walk in Truth. Hey, it is our goal to make sure you know who you are in Christ. And if you don't know Christ, this would be such a wonderful time to say yes, Abba, Father. And you know, Christians call God their Father because that's how Jesus taught us to pray, and that's what the 
the very letter that we're studying right now tells us that we approach God as Abba, which really could maybe best be translated as Daddy or Papa. What a beautiful, wonderful, intimate picture of who we are in Christ. This is the beauty of the gospel, and this is why we celebrate it every day here on Walk in Truth. And tomorrow, even though we know who we are in Christ, that we are adopted kids, our father, our papa, well, we still take two steps forward, one step back. Maybe you can relate to that. You feel like you're making progress in your walk identity, and then all of a sudden you stumble and you take a step backward. And maybe you feel like you take two steps forward and three steps back. Oh, life can feel that way, especially right now as a Christian. We're going to have a message tomorrow for you called Two Steps Forward, One Step Back. Tune in tomorrow. We'll catch you right here. God bless you. Hey, one more thing before you go. As you may or may not know, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. So if you could donate just $5, that would really help us to broadcast on the radio, to do the podcast, and to do the free apologetic events like the one on August 16th that we'll be doing here at the church. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth of the Bible and how it applies to today's issues. And let's be honest, there's lots of issues today. If you can give your donation at walkintruth.com, we would really appreciate it. And thank you to everyone who's been giving $5 and in some cases even more. And that's been a huge help over the last few months. You are a blessing to us. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 4, 8 through 11, asking the question, Two steps forward, one step back. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.